Welcome to Spooky Maps Spooky Hour Podcast, hosted by me, Tim. SpookyMaps.com is your map to all things spooky. Have you ever seen something scary, paranormal, or unexplained and wanted to know if someone else has seen the same thing? Well, that is what Spooky Maps aims to help you out with. We take first-hand experiences of the paranormal and strange and organize them by location. The Spooky Hour podcast is a collection of some of the best submitted encounters. If you've had a spooky experience, please call or email us your encounter. You can email us at report at spookymaps.com. That is report at spookymaps.com. And you can leave us a voice message of your encounter at 202-798-3672. That is 202-798-3672. Also, please follow us on Facebook and YouTube. To help us grow, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform you're on. Okay, let's get spooky. This is season one, episode one of the Spooky Hour podcast, and I am glad you joined us today. I am giving two personal encounter stories, the beginning of the show, followed by some spooky, creepy, weird encounters I found online you will enjoy if you have had an encounter please report your encounter to us let's get ready i will start with my first uh, shadow figure encounter This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. This encounter happened in Halifax, Virginia, very rural and country area. When I was around 12 years old, my aunt and I saw a dark shadow figure outside in the front yard. We had just returned from town and my aunt and I went outside to grab some things from the trunk of the car. It was just about dark with only a faint amount of light to see. I'm not sure why we didn't turn the porch light on. We lived in the country, so there were no street lights. My aunt was walking in front of me and we were heading to the back of the car when she stopped abruptly and pushed me in front of her. She stood close behind me and pointed, asking, what is that? Standing a few feet in front of us was a tall, solid black figure. It didn't move. I couldn't see any facial features. 
As I stood there frozen with a blank emotion, I also noticed something dark and black on the ground right beside it. I couldn't make out what that was. Oddly, I wasn't afraid. I believe my mind was just trying to figure out what I was looking at. It wasn't until I heard my aunt's footsteps hit the porch that I realized she had run off and left me standing there. Her footsteps hitting the porch snapped me out of whatever trance I was in. And I took off running back to the house. When I made it back in, my aunt was already freaking out about what she just saw. My cousins and brother were in the house and we told them what we saw. We turned the front porch light on and we all went outside to investigate what we had just seen and there was nothing there. That was my first ever paranormal encounter. This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. This encounter happened in Arlington, Virginia. Back in 2006, I worked as a night security guard at a condominium in Arlington, Virginia. This condo I worked at was old. And I do believe haunted. I felt like that place was a beacon for weird and crazy people. Most of the residents were okay. But the place did seem to attract its fair share of crazies. During the years I worked there on the 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift. I had several paranormal encounters. This particular paranormal experience stood out. I was not alone working at night. There was a nighttime desk concierge. At this time, Mike worked the third shift, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. While I patrolled the building and grounds, Mike would sit at the desk his whole shift. I would relieve Mike for his break at 2 a.m. and I would sit at the front desk from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. Mike lived in the building so when he went on break he would go up to his unit on the eighth floor. At this time the lobby was dated and needed renovating. There were cubby holes behind the desk for all units that used to be the mailboxes back in the 60s and 70s. Across from the desk was a wall covered by a floor to ceiling mirror. I would often check myself out in the mirror while sitting there at the desk. While I sat at the desk, this one night while Mike was on break, 
I had leaned back in my chair and was singing a gospel song that I was playing on my phone. I was singing out loud because rarely did anyone come through the lobby at that time of night. I was having myself a good old time and I looked up into the mirror and standing right behind me in front of the cubby holes was Mike. Mike had a sinister smile on his face, but that wasn't the real Mike. Startled, startled by what I was seeing in the mirror, I turned around to look behind me, but no one was there. I looked back into the mirror and Mike was gone. The front desk area was a large open area with nowhere to hide. And I saw Mike go up the elevator and it was impossible for me not to see him come down the elevator since he was right to the front of the desk. It was about another 30 minutes or so before Mike came back downstairs from his break. I can't recall if I told him what I saw, but knowing myself, I'm sure I'm sure I did. This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. This encounter is from an unknown location. I am a hunter and I like to hunt wild boar. For those of you that don't know, boar are a big problem in the United States. A so can have two litters a year, and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of 10 or more pigs. Given that pigs eat everything, it's not hard to see why it is legal to hunt them with almost no restrictions. In my state, it is illegal to hunt most large mammals with night or thermoscopes, apart from boar and coyote. I had been saving up for almost a year to buy a scope for my rifle and it was hard to get my wife to understand why I needed it. I bought the scope and ranged it in at the local gun range. There was an area that had a lot of boar activity that I knew would be perfect, perfect place for a night hunt. It was easily accessible by truck with easy to find spots. I could set up in that area that overlooked a large, easy to navigate clearing. The night started uneventful mostly me tinkering with my my new toy cycling through the settings i was a little impatient i had spotted several deer but they were out of season and my current setup wasn't legal for deer i moved to another spot that i had seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than the first but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope after an hour or so it dawned on me that this spot didn't have much animal activity at all. There were no rabbits or owls. The deer that I saw were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night, but lively in the day? I had set up around 10 p.m. and it was about 2 a.m. in the morning when I started to think 
that would that I would pack it up for the night. Before I left, I thought maybe I would set up a target and take a few practice shots. That is when suddenly I heard a crunch from the direction that I had come from earlier. I panned my scope over and I saw the silhouette of a small bear pushing through the bushes. It is important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision. It's a thermal scope, a black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies. I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little. I jolted when I saw that it wasn't really a bear, it was a man. He was so low and hunched over that I thought I was looking at a bear. Is that a game warden? It couldn't be. I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from? I was 30 miles away from anything. I was about to call out when I noticed he was naked. No shoes, no pants or anything. I remember being disturbed by his movements like a squirrel or something twitchy and grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the tree. Was that my tree? The one I had been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me. Could he smell me? Then he did something I still have nightmares about today. He squatted and placed his hands in the dirt between his feet, turned his head straight up like a dog in mid-howl. I heard it, a voice coming from that direction, a very compelling female voice. Help, I'm lost, it said. There was a long pause, but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sighting was trained at the dirt in front of his feet. I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person. It went against everything. I had been taught about firearms. Were they lost? Was this some guy that had gone crazy out there? Why was his voice so feminine? Help, please, I can't walk, the voice called. That is when I called BS. Not only could he walk, but he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person. So good, in fact, that I almost was looking for a bear. That is an effing trap. This guy is trying to lure me out with a damsel in distress call for help. Luckily, the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear. I took my eyes off of him for a moment to get my pack on. I buckled up my chest strap, scrambled for my rifle. To my horror, he was in the same position, but his face was staring in my direction. And I swear I saw a smile. The thermoscope has an, an effect that makes animals' eyes appear white. How the hell did he hear me get up and put my gear on? He was easily 150 yards away. F off, I screamed in that direction. He stood upright when he heard me, and it hit me. How tall and skinny he was, easily six feet and very lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction, and I instinctively sent a round selling above his head into the tree line. He was freaky as hell, but he hadn't really threatened me. What would I tell the cops? I wasn't about to shoot someone. He stopped dead in his tracks, hunched down on all fours. The next one will F you up. Go away, I said. 
He stood there on all fours, and this time I had my sights trained on the center of him. His eyes were just above the grass like a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling, and I knew that my voice had crackled a little with that last warning. I was terrified. That standoff probably only lasted a minute or two, maybe less, but it felt like forever. In an instant, he bolted left towards the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk. I could barely keep him in my scope. He was moving so fast. He disappeared into the brush. And I sent another round selling high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket the mag and swap for a fresh one. But I dropped it and, it didn't, and I didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck and I wanted to get out of there. I could hear him in the distance, yelling this weird sound. There could have been a laugh or a cry. I scrambled up the trail. I rided my trucks, my truck breathless. I tossed my gear into the cab, kept the rifle in the passenger seat, and sped off. For the longest time, I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land like some kind of caveman. I reported it to Fish and Game, but they all... All they did was scold me for hunting at night alone, never received an update. It wasn't until I told this story at a camping trip that my nephew told me about wendigos, rakes, and skinwalkers. My story scared the piss out of him because the spot we were camping was technically the same forest I had seen the bastard, just 50 miles east of it. He was so spooked, his mom, my cousin, had to take him home. She was really pissed. I have gone down the rabbit hole on these scary stories i'm not saying what i saw was a wendigo or a skinwalker i am saying that if such a thing exists i may have dodged quite the bullet that night if you needed another reason to not be in the woods at night i think that story would do would be enough for most people seriously this guy you know is out doing what he loves to do, which is to hunt. Nestled up in the tree. I think it was in the tree, right? Yeah. And uh, perched up in the tree. Now, most hunters and people who hamp, uh, hike and camp are very used to the woods um, at night, the sounds that they make, the woods make, different animals and things like that. I imagine when he heard that, movement he thought it was just a deer or, or something but can you imagine just sitting there and all of a sudden what you thought would be a deer or some other kind of animal it's a naked man 30 miles in the middle of nowhere and the most creepy thing about that is it why did it have a female voice that is freaking creepy to me that screams paranormal very sinister uh, to mimic the distressed sound of a uh, woman crying for help. I mean, what man? Well, I'm pretty sure there are men who would not respond to that. But for the most part, that is something uh, a man would respond to. And if he was not, if he didn't have that vantage point or that viewpoint from that tree, <laughs> he would have went in that direction. What would have happened? You probably wouldn't be hearing this story.
This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. This encounter is from an unknown location. I was living in a rural area in Oklahoma with my mother in a small lake house. And I'm probably 10 or 11 at this time. One night, I'm sleeping in my room when I randomly and abruptly wake up for no reason. This was not normal for me, and I felt very uneasy. The only sound I could hear was my mother snoring in the next room on the couch. I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep, but my need to use the bathroom was growing more urgent, so I grudgingly forced myself to head that way. The bathroom is on the other side of the house, around a corner and past the kitchen and finally down a long hallway on the right. So after I made the trip and finished my business, I flipped off the light switch and started heading back to bed. That's when I heard the distinct click of the light switch and I saw the glow of the bathroom light in the hallway. Terrified, I slowly turned around just to witness the light in the bathroom start clicking on and off. Click, 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 click. Finally, it shut off completely. In the dark of the hallway, my eyes began to make out a white shape near the end of the hall. It was around my size and crouched to the floor. At this point, I'm frozen to the spot as my mind begins realizing that no one else is home except for my mom and myself. Then the white shape began whispering in a quiet man's voice, help me, I'm lost. I remember wanting to scream for my mom, but I couldn't. And instead, I barely said no. Before this thing starts running at me on what sounded like all fours, I quickly ran through the kitchen and around the corner before running to my sleeping mother, shaking her awake. I remember saying, it's coming, it's coming. And my mother's eyes going from dazed to alert in an instant. She asked me what was going on, and I saw her eyes look over my shoulder before she screamed. Remembering her scream still makes my blood run cold. Never had I heard pure terror like that in my life, even to this day. She grabs me by the arms and pulls me into my room and slams the door. She holds me in her arms, her back pressed against the door as we listen. It sounded like this thing was running around in circles in the kitchen. As we could hear hands and feet slapping against the towel, the kitchen had a sliding glass door to the outside, which sounded like it was thrown open then slammed. We sat there horrified until daybreak. I was sent to my grandmother's in the next town for a while after that and never set foot in that house again. Years later, my mother said she went walking around the property after the incident and came across a small burial site with three headstones that each belonged to children from the early 1900s. It freaks me out because what I heard that night was a man's voice, but it was so unnatural. My mom still would not tell me what she saw behind me and what it was that made her scream. She tells me she's afraid it will know we're talking about it and it will come back. What I'm learning from these stories 
is that if I hear a cry for help in a dark room, hallway, or in the woods, I am pretty much going the opposite direction. <laughs> this, 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 whatever it is, whatever it was that was in the woods and also in the hallway of this guy's house clearly was evil and was playing with their emotions. It's creepy. This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. Okay, let's get into the next spooky story. This encounter is from an unknown location. So this story happened about 11 years ago. I was a senior in high school at the time. But it is the single most mind-boggling thing I have ever experienced. It's also important to note that it happened in mid-December. I am from Iowa, and the winters here get cold at night. Like if you get stuck outside, you will die kind of cold. That, plus the snowfall, makes everything dead silent. You can hear anything and everything inside and outside the house. Well, me and my best friend were hanging out in my family's walkout basement, just having a boring winter night playing video games. We were also the only ones home. The reason it was just us is because my mother went from work straight to a bar to grab a few drinks with co-workers. So me and my friend thought it would be a good idea to break into the family wine and have a little. As we were sitting there opening up the first bottle, I hear the door to the garage open and slam shut. I immediately go, oh crap, and start looking for places to hide the bottle. My friend then says, I thought you said your mom was supposed to be out all night. She was, I replied. I then heard heavy stumps. My mother yelled out, meow Zimbu, anyone home? I yelled back upstairs, yep. Just hanging out in the basement. I hear a few more steps move from the garage door towards the stairs. And she yells out again. Can you come help me with something? I need you up here. I reply back while frantically trying to find a good place to hide the wine bottle. Yep, give me just a minute. Then there was silence for about 20 seconds. Anyone down there with you? She yelled back in a more concerned, serious tone, in a voice that was slightly off of my mother's. This was the first thing that told me something wasn't right. Our family never cared if anyone else was over, as our house was a very open house to all family and friends. And the voice, it was just wrong. Like it sounded like my mother's, but it was missing something that I couldn't put my finger on. Weirded out, I reply back, just Colton. After I yelled that back to her, I found a good place to hide the bottle and began walking up the steps to the next level. 
Now, as I was walking up the steps, I couldn't help but feel the overbearing silence of the house and the slight electric twinge that something isn't right. When I got to the top of the steps, I looked over to where the door to the garage is and also the kitchen right next to it, and it's black, pitch black. All the lights were off, and there was no moonlight shining through any windows. I walked over to the kitchen yelling out, Mom, where are you? There was no reply, just silence and darkness. I feel the electric twinge turn into full needles and my adrenaline kicking in full force. I have to get out of here as fast as possible. My mother was not home. I run back downstairs, grabbing my coat along the way. What's wrong, Colton says. My mom's not home. I reply as fast as I can, looking for my truck keys. What do you mean? You were just talking to her. I could see the confusion in his face. There's no one home. We need to leave now. I took a few steps towards the back door that opens up to the yard, and then I see my dog shaking on the couch, my cat growling behind it. I couldn't leave them. I just knew that if we left, something would happen. Are we leaving, Colton said, still confused as hell. No, I can't leave them here alone. Something is really off. I'm going to call my mom and figure this out. I pull out my phone and call my mom. She picks up immediately. Meows and boo, what's going on? She answers. Mom, were you just home? I heard you yelling for me from the second level. And when I got up there, you weren't there. I said frantically, hoping that she was playing a joke. No, I'm just leaving the bar. I wasn't feeling very well. Are you okay? What do you mean? You heard me. I feel her in on the whole story and she rushes home. Colton and I stayed in the basement with the animals until she got home. But before she did, you could hear something upstairs. Not walking or sitting on things, but a pressure in the air, like a black hole was slowly moving from one room to the next. And the word I would instinctively describe it as is hungry. When she got home, you could feel the thing leave just as quick as it came, like an overbearing predatory presence had just flown away. We still have never figured out what the hell was going on. I'm not sure if anyone else was thinking this, but I would not have stayed in the house. The dog and the cat would have been fine. You could have op- could have opened the door, called the dog and the cat outside. Personally, I mean, the, the, whatever it was did not call for the cat and the dog. It called for him. So he used the word hungry. So I am I am assuming that it was hungry for a human, not dog and cat. <laughs> I would have been outside very fast. I would not have even been in the driveway. Mom would have had to uh, call me back to the house. I would have been down the street somewhere blocks away. There, There is. But this is a outside perspective. I did not live the experience so I can have a opinion, but I'm pretty sure. I would have rather the dog 
the cat. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I, I would at least open the door and call them outside. I, I would not have gone back in or stayed in the house, even though you had company and wait to, and hearing the thing moving around upstairs. It's just really good story. Very creepy. All three of those stories have the same thing in common. There is something pretending to be something else. This one probably, probably, I mean, they're all sinister. They're all, I would say tricksters, very tricky. I wonder if there's any type of legend or folklore stories about trickster spirits, things that are pretending to be another person or something else that is attempting to lure, lure someone somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's just, if anyone knows of a story like that, please call in, call in or email me. Or if someone has had a similar experience, definitely, definitely reach out. This is the Spooky Hour Podcast. Okay, for the last story of the night, here is a night shift story. You know, a lot of spooky things happen on night shifts. So, if you have had a night shift encounter, spooky encounter, please call into the show. So, here we go. This encounter is from a unknown location. This is probably the creepiest and most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to me. I used to work overnight as a security guard at the local port. Usually none of the port workers would stay overnight except for the safety official. I wouldn't be on shift alone since the site has a radius of nearly two miles Overnight, usually, there would be three guards, including me. Since the area was big, there were different posts, but front gate was the main entrance area where all the guards would be stationed overnight since there was no need to put them in other posts due to the fact that there was no activity in the site at this time. The veteran guards that have been there for years will often say that the site was haunted. Given the fact that there were accidents and deaths that occurred in the area a long time ago, I was aware that people died there due to freak accidents, and I do believe in angels and demons since I am a religious person. But I always thought that the superiors were just messing with the new guys. I would work five to six nights out of the week, and for the first few weeks, I never really saw or heard anything out of the ordinary, except for maybe a few questionable creeks and would see a few misplaced objects while doing patrol, but nothing too crazy. Just to describe the setting to you, 
this is a big site and on occasion when there were big projects being constructed at the port the workers would sometimes stay overnight since there were times where port workers were required to stay at the port for a few days there's a gym in the site for their convenience this old gym is this gym is old in the gym there's a sauna weights and even a racquetball court if you don't know what a racquetball court is it's like an indoor tennis court with thin plastic walls and thick glass doors usually on our patrols me and one of the other guards mike would stop by the gym and play a few rounds of racquetball before returning to the front gate on one of those nights around 2 a.m mike and i decided to hit a full workout instead of playing racquetball in the cage the entire building is so quiet that you can hear the electricity running through the lights the air conditioner is off and so is everything else the only thing that is running are the lights 15 to 20 minutes into the workout we hear a loud thump we crossed it off as nothing and continued working out then after a few more minutes we heard the loud thump once more at first we thought it was our lieutenant who could have been walking around but then we radioed him and he gave us his location which was front gate we tried thinking logically on what could be making those thumps on the wall they were coming from the court on the other side we thought it was the air conditioner but then we remembered that it was off and even when it switched on during the day there's no reports of thumps come from the air conditioner after a few more minutes the thumps started occurring one after another we were very creeped out at this point but what we were about to witness still scares the absolute crap out of me to this day we started to approach the other side of the gym to where the glass door was we turned on the flashlight and aimed it towards the glass door and I got chills all over my body and I started tearing up so much out of fear that I was about to cry we saw one of the balls rolling slowly by itself inside the court but there was no one there so that means the loud thumps were the balls mysteriously being tossed against the wall as if someone or something was playing inside the cage we were both so confused and frightened to how this was really happening we couldn't make sense of any of it we were terrified and we started yelling and running away because we knew that there was probably something evil toying with us as we sprinted full speed back to the front gate the lieutenant saw us and asked why we were tearing and running in such a ridiculous manner we told him what we witnessed and his facial expression scared us even more he then said that's why there is always guards that often quit there's something evil in this area and it's not the first time that something that bad has happened here he then showed us security footage of dark figures and shadows literally passing through the office areas and lights mysteriously switching on and off 
Till this day, I still get chills recounting my experience with my friends and family. Great story. The lieutenant. How many stories or how many things did that guy see? I would love to talk to that guy. That's definitely a haunted place. Definitely something evil toying with those guys. That is the last story of the night. If you enjoyed the episode, you know, give a donation. It's in the show description to help keep the show going. You can also follow us on YouTube. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Also follow us on Facebook. Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform you're on. And also, you know, call into the show. Leave your encounter. All the, the contact information for his email and phone number can be found in the show description. And thank you for joining us. Spooky Map Spooky Hour podcast is written and produced by me, Tim. All media used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. <laughs>